This is The Playbook. Welcome back to Office Hours. It's a blessing to be here. I'm David Meltzer with the blessed host that I have. It's been an extraordinary episode with extraordinary people. Might as well finish up with a cleanup hitter that's going to hit it out of the park. Probably one of the greatest entrepreneurs I've ever met. Jeff Hoffman, the chairman of Global Entrepreneurship Network, former founder of Priceline, but he is most importantly a mensch and a friend. Welcome to Office Hours, Jeff Hoffman. Thank you, Dave. I just wish I was there in person, but I had a little trouble in the Middle East. So uh, <laughs> thanks for having me remotely. Well, I know with Jeff Hoffman in the Middle East, we'll have peace in the Middle East before he comes home. <laughs> That's amazing. Anyway, uh, it's funny because you and I have a similar perspective of entrepreneurship. We both believe entrepreneurs are going to save the world. I believe that even sustainable practices are only to give the entrepreneurs enough time to solve all the problems that are ruining our, our environment, <laughs> et cetera. Um, you see entrepreneurship as the same global force that I do. What are some of the aspects through your successful journey of entrepreneurship that has led you to this valuation of entrepreneurship to the extent that it actually can save the world? Sure. As a matter of fact, my fundamental belief is if you want to make the world a better place, unleash armies of entrepreneurs uh, because they are the ones that make things better and fix problems. And our organization today, I, I run a, I'm a chairman of a nonprofit called the Global Entrepreneurship Network. We're on the ground in 200 countries, David, teaching people how to help themselves. So that attitude comes from the fact that the more I traveled, like I said, I was just down in Peru, and then I went to Palestine, then Israel. And the more I travel around those 200 countries, the more you see that intelligence is equally spread across the human race, but opportunities not, resources are not. So when you start to help people launch their idea, they have ideas. They want to make things better. They want to fix the world where they are and then spread it out. They just don't know where to start. So when we share with them the basic skill set of entrepreneurship, which really I'd love to rename entrepreneurship and just call it self-determination. It's people designing the future instead of waiting for it. If you teach them how to help themselves, there's a huge ripple effect of all the people around them that they'll help. And with all the bad news in the world, that's the good news that, that gives me a lot of hope uh, for the human race. Me too. Wow, Jeff, absolute pleasure to meet you, Rick Jordan. Uh, I'm, I'm looking through everything you've done, of course, you know, founder of Priceline, one of them, and a bunch of other things. Maybe this is a bit of a selfish question, right? I love those, by the way. Me too. Yeah. Your selfish questions end up being non-selfish. So go ahead. Well, thanks. Indulge us. <laughs> Jeff, entrepreneurs are very good starters for the most part, right? We come up with great ideas and, and put those into motion. And it's awesome to hear about the Global Entrepreneurship Network that you're doing that to help them launch. When do you know, not financial motivation, but when can you know that it's your time to, to exit? and hand the reins, right, to, to almost pass that church sure. and let them, the next regime, to take that thing to levels that you might not have been able to? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely a great question because that's what, what entrepreneurs don't know when to let go. And I think they actually do. When that little voice inside you, when you're already starting to think about something even cooler that you could be doing with your time, it's time to let go. Entrepreneurship, it should feel like you can't imagine anything else in the entire world you'd rather be doing than what you're doing right now. And that's what drives the passionate entrepreneurs to create these amazing companies and products. But there is a day, it happened to me, 
There's a day that you wake up and you're starting to already drift and think about another cool thing you could do. As soon as that crack hits the dam, it's okay to sell that company or hand it to someone else and go chase your next dream. So you'll know because you're suddenly thinking about something else and you're not 24 seven thinking about the thing you're working on anymore. Powerful. Love that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the future of Web 3.0 and blockchain and how it will change the consumer markets in the future? Whoa, left turn. <laughs> good question. Hey, really said, good question. You, I know. Said, you said selfish questions. I want to hear it from him because I, it, Robert, I know he's got a good idea. Yeah, it's because every time, you know, every evolution or revolution, whatever you want to call it, but every spin of the technology, when it levels up again, the innovators, the first people that look at new technology, right? There was a long period of time, which still includes now, that everybody nods and says, oh yeah, blockchain, and actually they have no idea what the hell that is. Um, <laughs> same with Web3. But there are people underneath that, <clears throat> like at the start of crypto, or I was there at the start of the internet, where a lot of people said, eh, I don't know if that's gonna turn into anything. There are innovators that are trying to look at the trends that are coming. And the important question is, what is the, the business value of this? What does any new technology do that actually makes my life, not your life, meaning you, the, the, the creator or the technician or the person that's building blockchain, what is it you can do to make somebody else's life better? And if the answer is, I can take a lot of cost, worry, or time out of your current business, then that's a technology that's literally going to cause the next wave of change in the same way the internet did. And Web3, 5G is one of those. 5G enables people to have access across the world to apps and technology that people without 5G don't get. So Web3 and blockchain, that's the next round of new ideas, and there'll be one after that, that are actually going to make people's lives better by saving them time, saving them money, or improving service. And as businesses figure that out, it's gonna make a significant difference. Already, investors call me and they say, is this company upgradable? to a Web3 platform? And is it something we can use the blockchain on? Because they don't quite understand it yet. They have the general concept that if it makes things better for a customer base out there, it's probably good and it will be. Yes, thank you. Jeff, that's awesome. And, and, and congrats on so many successful endeavors. And one thing that's really impressive to me is that you've had success in a number of different areas, but you've also poured back in and I know of, of someone in Miami, a young man with a startup who you're mentoring and you sit on the board of his company, someone that, that, that I also mentor and you're giving, giving back in that way. But clearly you have many superpowers, just like my friend David and the esteemed panelists here. What would you say is your number one skill or trait that has allowed for you to be successful in all these different industries? Uh, excellent question. And it was not something someone told me and it was not something I knew I needed. It was something that I developed through trial and error, but it's a really easy, easy answer, and it's empathy. Early on, I've been a CEO since I was 24, and what I thought, what the world tells you is the CEO's job is you're the boss, tell everybody what to do. In fact, I didn't become an effective leader until I realized that I needed to listen 10 times before I spoke once. And when I started doing listening tours, and when I started getting out of my office and get like, I would literally change clothes, leave my CEO office and go hang in a discount store with potential Priceline customers. And when I would listen to people 
try to comprehend what their life is like, spend a day in their life out of my office. I would do this regularly and just in their world and listen and understand empathy is what enabled me to actually be a leader, not telling people what to do, but listening to what they need. And, you know, so I eventually discovered that real leaders don't collect followers. They don't create followers. They create other leaders. I couldn't do that until I started to spend way more time listening than talking. So the answer was when I really worked hard on, on, the, on the power of empathy, I suddenly became able to service customers and attract employees and it changed everything. And you have changed everything with multiple companies and the entrepreneur network. I'm going to take another selfish left turn just because I can, since it's my show, and I'm going to add a bonus question in here. But it is definitely aligned with my own passion and purpose uh, beyond changing the world. And it's future ownership of sports teams and the future of sports. I know you and I share a passion uh, in the sporting world, so I'd love to get your perspective of sports ownership and the future of sports. Yeah, and I, I thank you for asking that. Um, it's Sports is my passion. Um, you know, a, a lot of the things I do, uh, I, I don't know, maybe in the end it's gonna turn out when I look back that everything I did in the tech world was just to feed my sports habit. But um, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I think that uh, it's really time for the next generation of sports ownership. Um, I have a lot of friends, uh, you know, you and I share that passion and share a lot of common friends. I have a lot of friends that are current and former pro athletes in every sport. And when I listen to today's generation of athletes, their goals, their desires, what they're trying to do with their lives. And then when I talk to today's sports ownership in lots of different leagues, we're just not connected. And then when I talk to fans and what they want to get out of the sports experience. So I think ownership is not currently it's not diverse enough, it's not inclusive enough, and it really doesn't accurately reflect today's young athlete. Again, I have a lot of friends playing on NFL teams now. When I talk to them today, they don't look like the friends of mine that played years ago anymore. So we decided that maybe we could help move sports ownership to the next level. As you know, I just finished a completely failed attempt to buy the Denver Broncos. Um, we got dramatically outbid, uh, but we're still interested in buying a, a major sports team so that we can start to introduce uh, more inclusivity, more diversity, and even more importantly, more recognition of the way the world really works and what fans want and how they engage with sports. We want to bring a level of media and technology that, that is moving a little too slowly now. So I'm excited about the possibilities. Oh, I'm going to do that with you, though. Yeah, that's going to say. We've been outbid <laughs> together now. That's something else we have in common. <laughs> from everyone from the Rams to the, uh, believe it or not, your Atlanta team in basketball yeah. with Chris Gardner from Pursuit. I got Don't a whole group. You guys do it. I, I got a whole group of people with an outbid. Maybe we can all collectively aggregate a couple billion dollars and change <laughs> the face of sports. Well, you're changing the face of the world. Uh, you are a mensch, you are a leader because you are an intelligent follower. And if you didn't notice when he explained what he's doing in sports, it's exactly like going to the discount store to see what his customers wanted for Priceline. He did the exact same thing, but I have hope in these players today is I'm actually going to be leaving the studio because Austin Eckler himself demanded that he speaks to my 12-year-old's football team before their championship <laughs> game, just to show you he also is a mensch to give him a shout out. Anyway, Jeff Hoffman, count me in. Let's go buy a team. We got plenty on sale, trust me, in the next few years. Uh, you have been just a mensch and a mentor of all. The incredible Jeff Hoffman joining us here 
on Office Hours.